0: Hi, and welcome to the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and one of the founders of Einblick Consulting. Our goal is to share inspirational stories, tips, and insights from B2B marketers, digital entrepreneurs, and industry experts that will help you to think differently, succeed, and scale your business. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. I'm your host, Christian Klepp, and today I am absolutely delighted to be joined by Someone I consider to be a very talented entrepreneur, and I dare say also an industry disruptor. So, Mr. Rajat Jain, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you, Christian. Yeah, so it's, um, you know, it's, it's been a while since we met at an in-person event in January, and it's uh, certainly uh, nice to connect once again. Although for the time being, it's got to be on, uh, <laughs> on an online platform like Zoom.
1: <laughs> yeah, good old days, right? Like that was just like, I still remember pre-COVID, yes. right? That's You're right. Going out,
0: and I don't even know when that's going to happen anymore. Exactly, and it was the middle of winter too. But I, I, I guess the company more than made up for it. <laughs> so uh, you know, let's let's get started with this conversation, and you know, just uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do.
1: Um. Okay. So as you know, my name is uh, Rajat, and uh, I am uh, the founder of the Steel Store. So uh, now it's called Eoxis. Uh, we just went through a rebranding. Right. And, uh, uh, yeah, like it's an online marketplace for the steel industry. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, We started this like a year ago, last year in August. And, uh, uh, yeah, we've been through good and bad times. Uh, COVID has uh, been difficult. Like I would love to be with my team, work with them. Uh, But we are just getting past one day at a time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks for sharing that, and we'll circle back to the uh, topic on COVID uh, in, in a second. But um, yeah, tell us a little bit about um, you know on the topic of rebranding and what you're going through at the moment. Tell us about a current project uh, that you're working on that that's got you really excited. Sure. Uh, so, Christian, as you know,
1: we are working on uh, building an online marketplace for the steel industry. Yes. Right. Uh, we started this venture last year in August mm. uh, with a bare minimum investment of like fifteen hundred dollars. Mm. And we went from inception to launch in two weeks. Mm-hmm. I mean uh, that this this was my third startup mm-hmm. after that, two failed startups in two years, mm-hmm. and uh, we were only left with a team of three people: right. my product manager and my project manager. So uh, those guys thought, "I'm I've gone crazy, gone nuts. Like, what is this guy coming up with?" Right? He <laughs> had like really a bare bone structure, uh, MVP uh, online website which we put out in front of the customers. And uh, uh, it picked up. Like the first month we did like 91,000 in sales. And from there we went like 30% month on month growth uh, with like 700 uh, plus K uh, in sales last month. Oh. And uh, uh, in the last two months we grew our team from three people to 19 people.
0: That's an incredible wow. achievement. <laughs>
2: It's,
1: uh, it's a lot of, uh, I would say, 24 hours straight working days. Yeah. Right. Uh, I, I still remember, like, uh, around six weeks ago, I was doing Saturday, Sunday, uh, 30 minute interviews, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m., straight 12 hour 24 interviews. Wow. On a weekend, I was like doing 48 interviews. And uh, uh, we just got uh, recently funded by one of the best investors uh, and accelerators uh, on the West Coast. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, that has been something which has been pretty exciting, and uh, we are already we're starting to work on the data points
0: for our A round. Hmm. I have to apologize to you in advance, Rajat. I mean, like uh, something exciting going on in your life? I think that was the massive, like a massive understatement. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: surely that was.
0: But um, I mean, my, my God! Uh, for, first of all, thanks for sharing uh, that with us. I mean, this is really the textbook definition of grit. And bootstrapping, right? I mean, um, you, you know, all, all, all these—you um, you, know—what you've just told us in the past couple of minutes, and how your how your company's grown uh, tremendously in the past couple of months. I mean, that, that in itself is a is a very commendable achievement. But we'll get back to that uh, in a second um, because I think that's a very interesting uh, topic, um, especially for this conversation. But um, so, Rajat, you've you know, as you've mentioned, you've been an entrepreneur for quite some time now. Um, and this is something I like to ask my guests, um, well, those that are entrepreneurs anyway. Uh, what prompted you to take that leap of faith? Because, you know, it, it is in many ways, right? <laughs> A leap of faith, <laughs> you know, into the world of entrepreneurship. So see, Kristen, like, um, mm. I, I have this as my company motto, right? Yeah. Try
1: and fail rather than fail to try, mm. right? Because if you don't try, you've already failed. Yes. And uh, this is the mindset I try to instill in everyone in my team. See, uh, we are raised uh, in an environment where we are taught not to take chances and lead a very secure life. Right. Right. But what's the fun in that? Right. Mm. Like, if if I know how my next 10 years are going to look like, Mm -hmm. it's so boring. Right. If I know I'm going to start making $80,000 and I'm going to get a 10% hike every year. Right. And I know exactly how it's going to go. Right. I mean, um, I don't really find the thrill in that. I have been an action junkie uh, throughout my life and I've always tried to pursue my passion, right? I don't know if we spoke when we met, like I I used to be a poker player. I used to be, like I was a poker player for two years straight. Okay. Right? And I used to be a day trader in the stock market, right? So I I, th- I think I have that uh, zeal for uh, action, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people would say that, hey, why are you so hungry about money? Um, I don't really... I. I don't think I've really come across a lot of entrepreneurs who really do it for the money. Right. Right. So yeah. just, you just got to do it. You know, mm. my prime metrics are, do I have food to eat? Do I have a roof on my head? Yeah. If that is there, I'm fine. I can get past like the next day I can get past today. You know?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. try and fail rather than fail to try. Yeah. No, I mean, that's uh, that's absolutely amazing. And, you know, I, I I would know a lot of people that would tend to disagree with this uh, appetite for risk, but that's probably because, you know, all they want is uh, stability and security, and especially during this kind of period where there's a lot of uncertainty. But I think if this pandemic and this crisis has taught us anything about that, is that even if you have a stable job, that, that job might be gone. Right? Exactly. There is yeah. nothing stable.
1: You know, right. like you can be working at the tier one uh, tech companies in the world and you can be like laid off uh, in the next one hour.
2: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah.
1: And I don't even know what is stable. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I,
0: uh, I agree with you. A lot of people do disagree with me. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, we can agree to disagree. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, yeah, just to answer your question, no, I didn't know about the, you know, the, the, the poker player part, um, but that probably explains your, uh, your your knack for a little taking a gamble, right? <laughs> to uh, put right. it quite literally. <laughs> that's, that's sometimes it really backfires. Also, sometimes
1: it blew up on my face, yeah. right? But yes. I mean, it's okay. It's it's
0: all in one life. Indeed, indeed. So, I mean, you know, just, just to discuss that topic further on, you know, on entrepreneurship. I mean, what were you know some of the challenges that you faced early on on this journey, and uh, you know, what did you do to uh, overcome those adversities? Um, so I started my entrepreneurship journey for soon, like three years ago,
1: mm-hmm. right? And I had a really high-paying job. Okay. The biggest challenge was to make that decision to discontinue what I was doing and try something which, worked, which might work, which might not work, mm-hmm. right? Uh, taking that decision. Then the second challenge I would say was uh, uh, shifting my mindset from being nine to five, Right. To making my life get up, work out, work, sleep, repeat, Mm. right? And the biggest, I would say, the challenge I faced was uh, adapting to the emotional swings you have to go through being an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, one bad investor call, one bad customer call can take your entire uh, day down the drain, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Just keep going, right? And keep uh, having that positive attitude. Right in front of your team, in front of uh, your customers suppliers, right, everyone right. in the ecosystem mm. i I think that's that's a
0: a real bigger challenge right, right. and i think uh, and I think you brought up a lot of great points and uh, i mean you know, you know and it's it, uh, I believe it also has something to do it's a uh, it, it, it's a mindset thing at the end of the day, yeah, because as you mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, we were you know we've we've gone through school and university and we were trained to think a certain way right and it more often than not especially especially as time progresses and and you dive into the world of entrepreneurship or it, not even entrepreneurship itself but let's say for example you you shift to a different industry it requires you to think in a different way it requires you to unlearn uh you know certain certain habits or certain mannerisms that you've been conditioned to accept and learn, you know, in in previous roles, right? I I would agree with you there, Christian. Actually, unlearning is the much more difficult part.
1: Right. Right? It's like, uh, it's always, uh, I believe
0: in the reprogramming process, it's the unlearning part which is more difficult. Absolutely, absolutely. So Rajat, we're going to circle back to um, you know, the topic on your, um, on your business and the industry you find yourself in, because I think uh, that, one, that one in itself makes for an incredible uh, conversation. So you've built a very successful business with um, uh, EOXS or the Steel Store. Mm-hmm. And I believe you posted a description about it in, um, a while back on LinkedIn. You've changed it since then, but I thought the description was so apt because it summarizes what you are in 10 seconds. Yeah, at our core, we are a tech company. We just happen to trade steel, right? So, right. here come the questions. Because <clears throat> I, I, I worked with clients in the steel industry before, as we, you know, as uh, as I told you when we first met. So, mm-hmm. how did you identify this opportunity to trade steel online, and how did you convince your target audience that this was the right option for them? Um, okay, so pretty interesting story behind Mm -hmm. it. Yeah, I'm sure.
1: (laughs) My second startup failed, right? I'm close to getting broke. Mm -hmm. I have less money in the bank, right? And I'm burned out. Mm -hmm. So I I decide to take a trip to Mexico. I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay, I need to take a week off, clear my head and come back and then figure out what to do. And uh, I'm on my trip to Mexico and I'm just thinking of options. What do I really need to do, right? I, as you know, like I was building social apps before, right? right? Mm -hmm. And I was thinking of going back to the steel industry, to my day job, and I was like, why? Like, uh, it got me to a point where I got started to get frustrated about all these issues the steel industry had, where it is so old-fashioned and outdated. Yeah. And that's where I got this idea that I have product, mar- uh, like I have founder market fit. I have domain experience. Now I know how startups work, and I think I have a pretty good idea about how to hustle my way through fundraising. Mm-hmm. Right. So, why not build something for an industry which I already know? Mm-hmm. And I already, because I had a sales profile, a sales background in the steel industry, I already knew what were the gaps in the industry. So, surprisingly, I like I literally called the uh, the server and I was like, hey, can I get a pen and paper? And I had drafted the whole uh, low-fidelity wireframes in the flight itself. Right? mm mm-hmm. We built a product and we rolled it out. We, we learned a lot from our first two failures. And this time we started listening to our customers instead of building what we felt was right. Mm. Right. And yeah, uh, I mean, that was the way for us to go. Right. I think uh, the steel industry is a massive industry. It's, it has like a market size of $1 trillion. And, uh, uh, but it has barely grown in terms of technology and even culturally. Yeah. Right. And right. by bringing
0: the right tools, I think uh, we can bring some disruption here. Mm-hmm. That's an incredible insight, and I think you and I think you also answered my second question, which is about where you add value to the industry. So that's a, that, that that was amazing. And, I, and yes, um, you know, absolutely. I mean, the steel industry is a, one that's in dire need of change, and I think it's incredible that you found that uh, that that gap, right? So, um, still working on it. Personally. Still working on it. Yeah, but I think you you brought up a really interesting point, which I think is a is a classic case study of um, tech startups or SaaS businesses that you know you're building something uh, that the market needs, and you iterate it and improve it by listening to your customers. Yes. As uh, you know, in contrast to okay, something that the founders agree upon, or that something agreed upon in board meetings, and then when you take it to market, it doesn't work, right? So. Okay i would like to add something
1: mm-hmm. here listen i like to take an analogy of a donut here right
2: mm-hmm.
1: if i make a donut yep. right that's the best donut in the world because it's my baby nobody right. gives a shit about it right yeah right to, to the customer market validation first then product right. development right yep. if if you are not listening to your customers you're not going anywhere mm. Right? The exactly. customer is the one who's going to actually help you build that product. You take that donut to the customer, they'll be like, oh, I don't like the color. I don't like the shape. I don't like the taste. I don't mm-hmm. like the packing
0: right? Mm-hmm. And then you
1: start bringing in improvement.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Hey, it's Christian Klepp here. We'll get back to the episode in a second. But first, is your brand struggling to cut through the noise? Are you trying to find more effective ways to reach your target audience and boost sales? Are you trying to pivot your business? If so, Book a call with Einblick Consulting. Our experienced consultants will work with you to help your B2B business to succeed and scale. Go to www.einblick.co for more information. So, so you know, I, I mean, thanks for sharing that. And, uh, you know, your business model, if I understood it correctly, it mirrors uh, that of an e-commerce platform, which is incredible because it's usually associated with companies that operate in the uh, you know, the business to consumer ecosystem. So uh, I know that you've written about this extensively, at least from what I've seen on LinkedIn. But one of the articles that you wrote was for a publication called Total Retail. And Mm -hmm. that one was interesting because you mentioned um, that you believe that B2B e-commerce will experience uh, an explosion or an evolution and that that it will gradually modernize because right now it's still at that stage where it hasn't reached maturity yet. So Mm -hmm. can you explain... Uh, why you believe this is the case and what factors do you think will cause this transition? Um, Yeah, sure. So in the last 10 to
1: 15 years, we've seen this uh, technological uh, revolution.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Uh, Here's the thing about technological revolution. Uh, uh, Average entrepreneur age group is anywhere between 18 to 25, Mm -hmm. right? Now, I'm a 22-year-old. I I only would build a product, I would only solve a problem where I would have a problem. Right. What 22-year-old would have a problem in electrical or steel or rubber, right? So everyone in the entrepreneurship space has been focusing on B2C. Mm. B2C is kind of getting very saturated now. Right. Right. Mm. Uh, and that's where now I actually speak to uh, industry leaders. I speak to people in the, uh, I spoke to an ex-director for G the other day, right? And he was in the electrical segment. Uh, there is probably just 2% penetration so far into the B2B industry. The biggest reason is that the B2B industry is so uh, relationship-driven. And there is this sort of anarchy which has been created in these industries right it's very difficult to penetrate these industries right but with like in 2020 we do see a lot of uh, change happening i think uh, uh, we are moving from baby boomers uh, to the millennials and the gen z generation now right and uh, the new generation is becoming very frustrated with the old uh, fashion way things are being done in the industry yeah Right. So right. I, uh, I do think that we are going to see a massive change in the next five to 10 years into, uh, in the B2B space. And that can be like across the board, not mm-hmm. just.
0: Right. Exactly. And I mean, to the point about like the, the current pandemic, I mean, would you say that the pandemic has also accelerated the pace at which this transitioning is happening?
1: Oh, definitely. Definitely, Kristen. Like, yeah. uh, if I were to ask anyone in the street industry to get on a Zoom call with me eight months ago, they would oh, go wait. to the Zoom call. Yeah. <laughs> right? I had situations where I I had to fly from here to Chicago or drive from here to Chicago for a one-hour meeting. Right? So it it used to be 20 hours of driving for a one-hour breakfast meeting. Right. Right? And it's become like necessity is the mother of invention, right? So... Mm. Now it's become a need, and everybody's shifting. And I don't really think we'll go hundred percent back to the way the things were, mm, yeah. right? Even after uh, like post COVID, even after things get to normal, right. we will not never see uh, the normal we had uh, pre COVID. Mm,
0: exactly, and, and and I mean to your point, yeah, absolutely. I mean you know um, <laughs> pre. pre in a couple of months ago you couldn't get people uh, like on a zoom call it had to all be in person, and you know now obviously they're going to think twice before doing that or or if you ask them can we get on a zoom call they're not going to hesitate exactly right. yeah and um and, and and certainly you know to the point about your your business model, um you know disrupting an industry which has been so traditional, so um monopolized by by giants with the likes of arcelormittal CITIC, Citek Posco, and so forth digitizing and advancing the technology in these industries probably might be to their advantage in the long run. They might not see it right now, but mm-hmm. um, but, but it will certainly help them to work more efficiently and, you know, effectively. And, you know, in, in industries like steel, it's always about, about uh, you know, reducing uh, production cost and maximizing outcome, wouldn't you say? Um, so
1: how we position ourselves, Christian, is... Mm. Uh, We like to bring value add to the supply chain to everyone in the ecosystem. Mm -hmm. We are not uh, trying to take anyone's space. Okay. Right? Uh, We are a technology firm and we would like to stay like that. We don't want to get into steel production. Right. As of now. No. Yeah. So uh, what we are providing our suppliers, customers, uh, uh, processors is the right technology tools so mm-hmm. that it can function more effectively. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think we'll be crossing, like we'll be stepping on anyone's toes by doing that. Yeah. Right. Uh, talking about uh, getting to big giants, uh, uh, like Arslan, I, I barely know what I'm going to do three months from now. So like I function with a two week uh, process. Mm-hmm. It's like I know what I'm going to do
0: in the next two weeks mm-hmm. and just keep going. Okay, okay. No, that's a that that that's that's a very fair point. That's a very fair point. Okay, so you know, Rajat, you've you know, you've been an entrepreneur for a while, and you know, as you're probably aware of, there's a lot of these so-called uh, commonly held beliefs or conventional wisdom. So, just state one common commonly held belief that other entrepreneurs have that you passionately disagree with. Ah, uh, okay. There, honestly, there
1: are so many of them. Yeah, just pick uh, one. <laughs> one quick one, okay, um fundraising mm. right, I hear this so much, Christian, that how can we build something which can be funded? Mm. right yeah, and I have this agreement with a lot of entrepreneurs, why not build something which is profitable? Mm. right? Why yeah. are we focusing so much on creating a business? as a story for an investor, which can be funded. Right. 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 I rather focus on creating value in any space. Right. And if mm-hmm. you're creating value, you will be profitable. Yes, indeed. Indeed. Right. So yeah. I, I would really like disagree with this, with this one thought where I speak to an entrepreneur and he's like, Oh yes, I'm building a business and I'm going to, uh, go out, raise funding. Right. Mm have uh, sales? No. Do you have a team? No. Right? Have you identified the market? No. Have you spoken to customers? No. I just have a thought and I'm going to go with this thought and I'm going to see if I can get funding. Good luck.
0: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Good luck. Oh, Oh. wow. No, that's a a really great point. That's a really great point. Entrepreneurship is first about building a business Mm.
1: and then it's about fundraising. Indeed.
0: Not the other way around.
1: (laughs) Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. Fundraising is a very important aspect of it. And you really, like an entrepreneur needs to really know how to be good at it. Mm. Right. And an entrepreneur needs to know how to take no as
0: an answer. Right. But not the other way around. Right. Indeed. Indeed. Yeah. So, you know, seeing seeing what you've gone through—not not just with this business, but you know, with your other like with the other two businesses that you that you started—and and, and uh, you know the experiences and the uh, hardships that you've gone through there—what is the one piece of advice you wish that you would have gotten when you started out that you would like to share with other entrepreneurs? Um, I think I actually covered that in the mm-hmm. previous question,
1: guys. Market validation, right? Uh, our first startup—it took us eighteen months to. Mm. Go live from inception wow. to launch. It took us eighteen months.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: After eighteen months, we were so happy and we were like, you know what? Oh, we built it. They'll come. Yeah. Okay. Well, guess what? We waited three months. Nobody came. <laughs> oh, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, uh, I I re- I remember reading this somewhere. If you, uh, I think it was in the Lean Startup. If you mm-hmm. took uh, if uh, when you launched and you like your product. You took too long. Mm. Go to market fast, build fast, fail fast. Mm -hmm. Right? But get market validation first. Don't, I I see this uh, common mistake in entrepreneurs that they would spend ages to perfect their product and they would not take it to market.
2: Mm.
1: Right? Take it to market, guys. Like, uh, your customer is going to tell you, right? Yes. Uh, If they want it or not. Mm. So exactly. that's, that's the one piece of advice I like to give
0: uh, any entrepreneur that get market, market validation over uh, product development. Right. And that's pretty solid advice. I mean, like, you know, you talk to the market and, and make sure that you're building something that, uh, you know, that's actually addressing or solving a pain point that the target audience has. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and, and to a point that you mentioned um, earlier in the conversation, you also have to identify who that target group is. Start small. I, I think that's another
1: piece of advice I would like to give someone mm-hmm. is that people try to do everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've, I've had people come up with like a big in, intensive, like a product which would probably have like 16 product market fits
2: mm-hmm.
1: in four or seven geographies, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Start small, start with a small, uh, pick a niche and in a smaller geography, yeah. right? If 100 people love you, find find those 10 people who love you.
0: Mm, indeed, indeed. Like those 10 paying customers. That's no, it, it, indeed, that's that's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, uh, you, you know, Rajat, this has been such an excellent session. I mean, you know, thank you so much for coming on and sharing, you know, your experience and, uh, you, you know, um, telling us a little bit about your successes and challenges. So what's the best way for people out there to connect with you? Um. The best way to connect with me is
1: on through LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. Uh, I still don't have a Twitter account, and our PR team is all after my life to actually get started with one. Right, Right. like I can barely manage one account, so I I would say LinkedIn would be the best way to get connected with me, Christian.
0: Fantastic, Rajat. This has been an incredibly informative conversation. So thanks again for your time. Um, Be safe. Be healthy. Um, Take care, and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much, Christian. Thank you so much for having me and you be safe and have a great day ahead. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the B2B Marketers on a Mission podcast. To learn more about what we do here at IMBLIC, please visit our website at co, and be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes or your favorite podcast player.